Hello everyone, welcome to episode 809 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. This year we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Waves 8 Festival running Thursday, September 19th through Sunday the 22nd at Metro and Smart Bar in Chicago. This year's performers include Popple Eat Itself, Nitzer Ebb, Test Department, Filter, Chemlab, Howjob, Severed Heads, Pig, and many, many more. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links. This week we're chatting with Friday Smart Bar performer Susan Subtract. This is Physical Wash.
High Functioning Flesh was on tour in Europe. We played with a lot of excellent uh, groups out there. A lot that I'd known known of beforehand, a whole bunch that we we found out about by just playing with them for the first time. Kind of got inspired by some of the, the different sounds I was hearing in Europe uh, versus the kind of bands that we were playing with the state in the States. When I was in Europe, my wife was, uh, let's see, four or five months pregnant uh, with twins. So when I got back from Europe, it was I was kind of on the uh, the no fly list, you know. I wasn't really able to leave town or anything because you know, pregnant with twins is a lot different than just being pregnant. Like, you know, she was sort of ready to pop like around like six and a half or seven months. She made it almost to the end, but uh, it was you know we had we had a we had to be sort of like in that that mode ready to go if anything happened so i got back home from europe and didn't really have anything to do or anywhere to go um you know high functioning flesh was playing some local shows here and there yeah didn't leave town for any reason had extra time on my hands so i, I decided to start a new project and it was it became physical wash oddly enough physical wash was a a band name that i came up at, like it like popped into my head out of nowhere. I think I was, I was watching that band called Burning or Echo Beds, or maybe they were on tour together. I can't remember. Like I was just watching one of those bands, and like the name Physical Wash just came to me. <laughs> um, so it was something I sort of like held on to for a while. But yeah, I started the project, and I, you know, it was very much just. HFF, it was a side project. Like I, I wanted it to almost like not even sound like high functioning flush. I wanted it to be something like pretty autonomous and different, not just like, oh, Sue's other high functioning flush band. And so when I started it, um, I kind of wanted to revisit some of like the earlier techno things that I'd been doing around like 2005 or six, you know, like, you know, just like bedroom electro stuff. I was really into like the, like the early Detroit techno scene. I wanted to revisit some of those tracks that I'd done like 10 years ago um, at the time. Yeah, just sort of started it. And um, let's see. So I played my first show, I want to say in September of 2017. I played two shows that month, and then my kids were born in October, and so I didn't really do anything. And then I got asked to play, like, last minute. I think I got asked to play, like, November 1st, a like a really good show, mid-November of 2017. And in my head, I was just like, okay, cool, I'll just play, like, these, like, five songs that I've sort of been working on. It'll be easy, whatever. And then, like, the next day after I had agreed to play this festival it kind of just like struck me like, oh, you're bored of this. Like you kind of hate playing this music. There's like a reason why you stopped making music like this in 2006. Okay. I like wrote an entire new set like in five days to play this, this show. Um, there's actually a really funny picture that my wife took of me in the kid's nursery. Like I sort of set up my like, my like rig in the kids nursery so that it was easy for me to get to so I could like watch the kids with my wife and help out around the house but if I had a quick minute to like 
work on music, I could just pop into this bedroom. Um, so there's this picture of me with like a baby sling and my daughter like in this sling and me like standing in front of all my synths. And uh, yeah, wrote wrote these new songs and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do or how I was going to do it, but I knew that I wanted to, I wanted to write something that was more in the zone of what I was into and less just me trying to do this thing, this like preconceived idea of what I should be doing. Yeah, all I think all five of those songs made it onto that tape that I put out in three or four months ago. It was something I was kind of just sort of doing in LA when it was kind of clear that high functioning flesh was sort of coming to a, to a creative halt. It was kind of like a very easy thing to just sort of pivot it to my main project. So I've sort of just been focusing on that ever since, I suppose. You were talking about high functioning flesh coming to a creative end. In your opinion, it, is that something where you think that the door is totally closed on that? Or do you think it's possible you might do something again in the future? It's kind of a bad way to think about anything as being permanent, to be honest. Like, do I expect something else to happen with High Functioning Flush? Not really. But, you know, things didn't end on like a bad note or anything like that, you know, I think Greg wanted to focus more on his personal music. Him and his wife had been doing a project for a while called Din that, you know, like every every release they put out is better and better. And then, you know, he also wanted to do a solo project. And I think he was just sort of straying away from the sound that High Functioning Flesh was. I don't know. I think that's okay. We both have so much going on ourselves and now that we don't even live in the same city let alone state i don't know it seems a little less likely me and him i've always sort of been in the moving forward mindset you know either when we were working together or now or you know after high functioning flesh um it seems more productive to more productive and less regressive to you know to focus on what we want to be doing maybe at some point what we are doing will naturally you know, naturally bleed back together. But I feel like if that happened, maybe it wouldn't be high-functioning flesh anymore. It would be something else. It's not like over, because that would imply that we had to make a conscious decision to actively never consider doing something ever again together. It seems unlikely. <laughs>
you put physical death out uh, a couple weeks back and you mentioned that you know it's challenging with with work and family to um to work on any music what's your plan for the for the future of the project i played with uh trisomy 21 and i it was like important to me to like get the record out for that show i planned on releasing physical death in june of 2018 but it was like my like, okay, it's either has to be done by then or I've got to shelve it until after I move because we moved in July of 2018. And yeah, I was like working on it and I just I just couldn't get it done. So shelved it. And I'm kind of glad I did because once we moved up here and I was able to get settled and I had some time, I wasn't working yet. I was able to like really dig in and I got I got those songs sounding so much better than they were before. And I was pretty proud of it. But uh, yeah, so the tape came out for that show. I had a bunch of shows in April. I went up to, I played Verboten Fest in Vancouver, BC. Um, I played with Contravoid in Olympia. Played with Boy Harsher here in town in Portland. I was kind of just sort of trying to vibe out the response to this release in general. When I first started the project, some labels asked me kind of right off the bat if I wanted to release the record with them just because, you know, like Sue from High Functioning Flesh, oh, like new project. We let's get them on our label before anyone else does, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what it was, uh, but uh, I didn't really want to be seen in that way. You know, I didn't want to be a guy that was able to get a legitimate release out just because of a band that I'd been in before. Um, so I was like, no, 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 let me put like a tape out by myself, see how it does. And if people are into it and you're still interested in signing me for an album or whatever after that, then let's just do that. And then I'm kind of glad that I made that decision because then it took nine more months for me to actually get the tape released. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's done pretty well. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much sold out of copies of the tape. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to a few. I think I've got like a solid grip that I've set aside for each of the big shows that I have coming up, including Cold Waves. Um, that I just wanted to make sure that I had some for people to to find if they, you know, a lot of people get weird about buying stuff through the mail. I know I don't do it that often. I really like the experience of buying, you know, records and tapes and stuff from from the band directly. Um, so I usually wait to do that if I expect it to happen. If people are like me, they're waiting to see me at Cold Waves before they, you know, buy the tape just because they want to, you know, get it from my hand or whatever. A label just hit me up yesterday, actually, saying they wanted to do a vinyl release of the tape. Their timeline seems pretty great. It seems like I might actually have that record for Cold Waves. I'm flying out to Denver in August. It's still kind of hard to even think about touring at this point, like proper tours, you know, like weeks on the road and stuff like that. Between like my wife needing help with the kids and like needing to work, needing to work being more important than it ever was before, you know. It kind of makes the idea of being out on the road a little more difficult. But um, at the same time, I think I'm at the point, and I think a lot of other promoters are at the point now to where flying out to play a few one-offs here and there, you know, on the East Coast or the Midwest or something, 
seems a lot more realistic. I've started working on new tracks. I have like half an album's worth of rough drafts. I kind of pivoted my synth setup. Uh, I decided I wanted all wavetable synths, so I yeah, I got some new gear. If anyone wants your your gear stories, I think you had a really good chat with um, what, what's the other podcast uh, talking with ghosts? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That really gets into the details for anyone who wants like the full <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of went off the deep end with with uh, anecdotal information there, didn't I? But yeah, uh, kind of going back to your question, um, I bought some different synths. I uh, got rid of some of the other synths I'd used. First, I had to sort of recreate my live set with the newer synths so I can still play the old songs. After that was done, I, I started working on new material. Not to get too deep into it, but just to, to mention, I'll mention uh, I got a Dave Smith Prophet 12, which is like a, a, a wavetable synth, and the thing's super inspiring. Something I haven't done since like back, like when HFF first started, or like a little bit before HFF started, I would like spend hours just like writing patches. Like if, even if I didn't have a song idea, I would like just be in my studio creating new patches. So they kind of when High Functioning Flesh started, I had just like banks of go-to sounds. And, you know, we would tailor them, you know, refine each patch that we thought we wanted to end up using for our songs. You know, we would, we would refine them for the song, but like I had, you know, like hundreds of sounds like already programmed and I hadn't really done that for, for a long time. And so I got this profit 12 and, and just sort of took off like I hadn't done in a while. And I think uh, it kind of got me back in a headspace I also hadn't been in a while where I was thinking about, I was writing new patches and thinking about specifically sounds I wanted to create. And then after I, after I created a bunch of sounds, when I was thinking about songs, I had a, like a an active memory of all the sounds that I just created for writing the songs. Working on this new record is, is finding me in like a weird renaissance of inspiration that I haven't felt in a while. That was all I had for you. Did I miss anything that you wanted to mention? I'm stoked to be back in Chicago. Uh, that, what was it? Cold Wave Score uh, in Chicago. That was the best festival experience I've had in my life. I'm, and not and I you know not only was it like functionally and professionally the best experience that I've ever had in my life, but it was also like the most fun I'd ever had. We played Saturday and then flew home Sunday morning and played with two four two that night. Anyway, the point is like I don't know like I was having such a good time and then like Frontline Assembly went on and I was just like dancing and fucking going wild and like. Like, just, like, losing my shit to this band that, like, definitely isn't, like, my favorite band. But all of a sudden, I'm, like, in the pit. And I'm, like, moshing with kids. And, like, fucking, you know, like, people are trying to make me, like, you know, crowd surf and shit like that. I don't know. It was a fucking blast. I had so much fun. And then, like, Severed Heads is probably one of my most favorite bands. And that was, I saw them in L.A. Actually, Tom Ellard used my MIDI controller for the show in L.A. <laughs> so I'll, I'll never get rid of this thing. But, uh like getting this like that show was good and that was like at complex which was like a i think it was like a three or four hundred i i think it was like a 300 capacity venue that was awesome but then like 
seen severed heads that year, like at cold waves. That was just, it was like, it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me.
On this episode, you heard Faith, Threshold, and Deprived. Physical Wash can be found at physicalwash.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Madmaker by Acumen Nation. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to this show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Richard Patrick from Filter. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Eric Powell sharing his thoughts from the first Cold Waves Festival. See all these guys like come together again and celebrate who Jimmy was and what he did and to see all the people that got, have gotten involved in this. Not only musicians, but people, you know, photographers, like videographers, um, just everyone, you know, people willing to do all these things. I mean, you don't really see that very often, you know, to this level. I mean, and that speaks more than I could possibly speak to it. You know, it speaks for itself. Just look who's involved. (laughs) Look how many people are here. That tells you who he was.